These are my nice headphones. Oh yeah, my open back uh, studio headphones, and your oh, voice nice. sounds like uh, sounds like caramel butter. Oh, I like sounding like caramel butter. <laughs> yeah, man, it's good. I like car- I like eating caramel butter, and I like sounding like caramel butter. I'm trying to position this light because otherwise, it looks like I'm in a hole. I think that's okay. I, 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 have, I have a similar lighting scheme today. Uh, speaking of what I look like, I'm in. Are you are you at a children's camp? <laughs> Disney's Magic Kingdom Disneyland is growing every Ladies day. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Disneyland, the happiest place on earth. It's time to throw down, y'all. Have you thought about a visit to Disneyland during your vacation? You can waste time with your friends when your chores are done. Disneyland is the happiest place on earth. Join the happy people of all ages. Yes, there's more fun at Disneyland in Anaheim. The happiest place on earth. Hey everybody, welcome to Bobsleds and Banthas, a podcast about Disneyland, Star Wars, and all the other things that Disney Company owns that we love. On this episode, we're talking about delays, cancellations, and system failures all across the Disney parks, a too-terrible-to-be-true Disney Plus release, and in our main segment, the history of Star Wars in the Disney parks. My name is Scott Storm, and with me is my co-host, the churro to my beignet, Aaron Absolute Humidity Robbins. I like that. How are you, my I'm friend? I'm good because a churro is nice and slender. It's and great. It's, it's fitting, and a beignet. But a beignet is, a little... is like a very classy donut. It is, and you are a very classy donut. <laughs> I, I consider myself I am a, a very classy donut. Slender fried treat. Speaking of which, what's your favorite donut right now in the world? On this podcast, what is your favorite donut? What wow, is the best? Really, donut I mean, you're really a lot of pressure on me. I'm going to go. I'm just going to say, was I like a like a cruller? Do you know what a cruller is? Yeah, I know what a cruller is. Okay. Yeah, I like. That just seems like a basic. That's a sort of a basic donut. It is. It's a, it's a wet style eclair donut. It's good. Yeah, I'm a I'm a old fashioned maple. Okay, yeah. and you eat just the maple. top, or you just you just mainline the whole thing. Oh uh, no, you, you break off the sides. Yep, and then you get to the center after you break off all the sides. Do you get the beignets in Disneyland? Is that a thing for you guys? Is that an all the time thing? No, I've never I've never actually never had a beignet in Disneyland before. Whoa! And then they I do mean, the... like I know that's a it's a thing. You know, there there are those like classic Disney snacks. Yeah, and I know the ben and I actually just recently found out that the beignet was a classic Disney snack. Yeah, yeah. Because like in my mind, when you ask me classic Disney snack, I'm like, okay, churro. Mickey bar, Mickey shaped pretzel, Dole Whip. Like yeah. it's those four. Yeah. And then you have these ancillary ones that I've only really started learning about as a result of these recipes, uh, the uh, Disney releasing these recipes. Right. Yeah. COVID. You know, it's it's making you smarter. Thanks, COVID nineteen. Yeah. Making me smarter. We're still talking about your intro. I am seeing something that I what? don't know what to. What happened? Uh, po- po- podcast listeners, I am sorry, uh, but I will describe as best as possible Please. what I am viewing right now. I am viewing Aaron, Absolute Humanity Robbins. Uh, it appears to be podcasting from some sort of cabin mm. or camp. I see a uh, a tussled bunk bed yes. uh, behind you as your backdrop. And uh, this is not the normal podcast studio, so I'm no. trying to figure out what is going on here. I'm in prison. Oh, all right. Well, what happened? L- lucky What'd enough, though, uh, it's funny, podcast. Funny it's podcast prison where they, uh, you know, they were booking me or whatever you do when you go to prison. I don't so know here's a funny story. <laughs> And, That's what uh, I'm waiting for you yeah. to say. And I just so said, pod, like, so I'm you're, fine. You're, I'm fine if you want to lock me up. But I just I have this podcast I do Wednesday nights. And uh, they're like, oh, what's it called? And I said, uh, Bob Sleds and Banthas. And they were like, that's a, that's a terrible name. You should rename it Bob Sleds and Banthas, a Disneyland podcast for the SEO. And I was and, like, and, and you're like, that's a great idea. Hey, <laughs> these guards are smart. <laughs> wow. Thanks so much, guard. So we're going to do that. I really appreciate that. And so like when they checked you in, 
Uh, they checked in all your stuff, and yeah. you said like, "Well, can I take my can I take my boom mic?" I mean, my, Absolutely, my yeah. We don't have any problem with that. Cables, XLR cables, no boom mic. Yep. No, I am no, in okay. uh, I'm in Oregon, Scott Storm. I am in Oregon. Uh, yeah, I'm in Bend, Oregon. Right, oh, I'm outside of Bend, Oregon, in Sun River right oh, now, and and so uh, we're in a we're in a house here, and uh, there's bunk uh, some some kid bunks beds behind me because this is a safe did, place. What what caused this? Just uh, a, a need to get out of uh, out of sunny California? Yeah, I think. Don't that, you know everybody wants to move to sunny California? Everybody I know. I've been California. coming to Sun River since I was four years old, so this is almost my forty summer vacation oh, wow. to Sun River, Oregon. Uh, my dad lives up here, so uh, we came up here to you know see him for a second, and then you know, spend some days riding bikes. And uh, you know there wasn't much going on in, in work. You know nobody really works anymore. You just kind of oh yeah, you're not doing anything. Yeah, you're just like I can, I can take I can take yeah. a couple days. Heck, I could probably take a couple months off. Yeah, so uh, you know everybody everybody on my team was 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 leaving. So I figured like yeah, you're not the only one that can go on vacation. I I I, I got vacation plans. Uh, so I've been yet, working were, a lot while well, since it, I've been here. And you were, uh, so you have been working. Yeah, on a I took a meeting this morning yeah, in a village to next to a right? miniature golf course. <laughs> Wait, were you on a Zoom call on yeah. the miniature golf course? No, I was right behind it, though. Like, you could see, like, a windmill behind me. That was your backdrop. Yeah, yeah. So, like, a lot of people have the Golden Gate Bridge as their yeah. Zoom backdrop, right? Or some sort of rainforest. You had an actual mini golf. Absolutely. But I didn't Love want to it. miss the podcast. I am up here uh, on vacation with the family. So, yay. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. How is uh, how is vacation other than it being working? Are you are you feeling unwound? Not yet. It's like going gonna, gonna to happen tomorrow. I'm imagining it's going to happen tomorrow. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. That's exciting. How was yeah. your Father's Day? Uh, it was good. Yeah, I went for some, did some hiking up in Tahoe, and uh, you know, it was good. Uh, that's all good. I have to say about that. How was yours? All right, Father's Day was good. I got a, um, I received oh. a bobsleds and banthas uh, coffee mug. You're kidding? How did, who from, released from the logo on that? I have no. I, apparently, it was acquired through uh, very seedy, underhanded means. It was. Uh, I, it was revealed that I think you may have had something to do with this. So yes. I want to say thank you because it was an awesome surprise. To open up uh, this box and then see uh, see our mug there and and then and then my wife actually went through the effort to find Joffrey's Coffee, which is the official coffee of Walt Disney World, yeah, and and have it shipped from Florida because you can't find it here in California. Have it shipped from Florida over here, so I have some butterscotch rum Joffrey's Coffee that I drink out of my Bob's and Bantha's mug. It was yeah. awesome. Calm was before awesome. your wife uh, yep. uh, texted me on uh, on Instagram uh, a couple of months ago and said, uh, "I'm gonna get I'm gonna get Scott Storm a Bob's and Bantha shirt for Father's Day. Can you get me the logo?" And I said, "Sure, here you go. Here's a couple different versions." Uh, and she said, "That's great. Just don't tell him." I said, "Yeah, no problem. Scott yeah, and I no barely problem. talk about anything. Shouldn't be an issue at all. All we do is podcast. <laughs> we don't we don't have any personal zero relationship whatsoever. with." with with That's the guy, right. it won't be a problem at all. Literally, the next day, you're like, So, I'm thinking about getting a bobsled and bantha t shirt. And that was the day I was being really cryptic <laughs> with you. I was oh, like, Is that the reason why you're we like, Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not really sure. <laughs> I don't also, really know if we need t shirts. Yeah, kind of really, dumb. Who's, who's going to really wear a t shirt? Who really wears sure. a t shirt, anyways? I was so trying to like. Tell you like, hey buddy, you should wait. <laughs> they're pretty expensive right now. I think <laughs> yeah, they're not. It's right. not good fabric. <laughs> You're like, um, I, I, you know, I think there might be something in the pipeline, but I'm not really sure what it is. I'm like, no, listen, I really want to I want really want a t-shirt. Let's yeah. get a t-shirt. So, oh, the, I don't know so then I that. told Com, Com before that I was like, yo, man, he he's on to us. I, yeah, you got to do something. I don't like to lie to people. <laughs> he's on to us. And he's gonna like, make me crack. I can't do <laughs> yeah. this. And she was like, it's cool. I'm gonna get him a mug. You can let him get a t-shirt. And I was like. <laughs> Thank you. Like it was so it, pressurizing. The irony of this story is that I did not order a T-shirt either. <laughs> right? Because now I'm because the only one that has one. That's right. You have you have the one Bob's and Bantha's T-shirt right now. Yep. Collector's item. Do. 
Yeah, that totally. Them. That's Number right. one of one. I've ro- I've worn it once and only on special occasions. Hey, I have a question about hey, your cabin. Yeah, ask away. So is this is this a is this a family owned cabin? Is this like a place that you go to, or is this a cabin that's rented? And uh, because there's a question that I have about that, so let's so let's go with that first. My dad, the, so Sun River is a community outside of a resort community outside of Bend, uh, not about nine miles out of, outside of Bend, and I've been coming here forever. And and so we usually rent a place. So I've rented okay. forty different places over my okay. life, and so it's fun to see all the different places. This is a rental. My dad lives a couple blocks from here, but he was staying in the place that he was in. I think I may be. Th- this actually may uh, segue very oh, well great. into your game. Because uh, I, I grew up in Michigan, we had a we had a cottage up north. Okay, yeah. and we would rent that cottage up north, and that was something you do if you had a if you had a second home. And when I say second home, I really mean just a cottage. If you had a cottage, you could rent that out, right? If you were a renter of a cottage, or if you were the one renting a cottage, you would have stuff for people to do in yeah. that cottage, yep. right? Yes. And so, like board games yep. or movies, selected movies, and so it was always a a, a joy to go through someone's cottage. Uh, when you were renting it to find out like, well, what are the curated movies yeah. or board games that these people felt like they needed to bless their guests with? What an so my question to you segue. is, what are the things that your, uh, your, your cabin's owners decided to bless you with in terms of entertainment? Fantastic segue. It's almost like we planned it, but almost we di- what we didn't, but we didn't, we didn't. So That's just I, how in sync we are. Yeah, I picked, uh, so it's always like time traveling when you walk into to a cabin. I mean, some are very modern here, but right. sometimes it's like time traveling where it's, it's old CRT TVs with a, with a yeah. v- double VHS combo. They so bought you could, it in 1988. Whatever was in it. Stayed yeah. in 1988. Yeah. That's right. Which is kind of fun. I, I like to look at the books uh, first. That's what I do always. I always go to the bookshelf and I, and I look at what type of books do these people read because i just want to make sure they're not a serial killer if i see weird stuff on the shelf i'm like <laughs> yes. pack it up kids we're going to a motel yeah uh, all right and they have vhs tapes they have a bunch of vhs yes. tapes so i have selected four and do they have a vhs player yeah yeah my kids yeah, do they still have a vhs kids, player my kids thought the vhs tapes were books they're like <laughs> <laughs> they're trying to open it like, how do you I read this, this? Open. i don't understand it's got like little wheels in it what, what kind of book is punked? this what is this <laughs> so i picked four your goal is to you're going to tell me what your family would watch if if these were the only four VHS tapes in the cabin you had rented, there's only four. I have selected four from the cabin I'm it. staying, and you're okay. going to tell me what they are. Number okay. uh, your, your first this. option is this beauty right here. I don't know if you can see this. This uh, is see, that uh, is, uh, is that Masters of the Universe? Yes, this is Story oh, Time is Masters Anytime with Storybook. Golden Books. This is a Golden Book on video. Storybooks brought to life. Three stories: He Man, Masters in the Universe, The Rock Warriors, Demon Deep in the Maze of Doom. So that's your first so, option. So, uh, clarifying question on yeah. this. This Me is man. not actually the Filmation Masters of the Universe series. Nope. This is some sort of book to life. This, this is, is some sort yeah. of animated book. Yeah, this is a golden He-Man? book uh, of He-Man on VHS. Amazing. Okay. That's option one. This is option two. Uh, this one comes in a plastic clamshell thing. Clam I don't know if you can, you can so see that, that? that there. Uh, that is, is that a, a, a trip to is that a trip yep. to Italy? That's a travel video series called U- European Highlights: A Video Guide Through Central Europe. <laughs> so awesome! Oh, uh, and then you have a uh, this is uh, you remember these guys right here? This is a Sony eight-hour premium grade oh, VHS yeah. tap tape, and the owner of this cabin has recorded the Australian 2004 Open on it, so you could watch that. Oh, that's wow. option three. All eight hours of the Australian 2004 Open. Then I threw a gimme in here. Wait, that's, it recorded on that super long play, so you get all eight hours on one tape. Yes, and I don't know if that's tennis or golf. I don't I don't know what's on this video. Concept. Australian Open? Yeah. I'm going to say golf. Okay, good. I don't know. 
And then you got this guy right here. Probably it's a it's a oh, uh, it's a Disney Classics of Chip and Dale. Yep, Disney's Classics Chip and Dale comes with two chips and a miss, food for feuding, and trailer horn. So there you go. You have to pick which one of those you can watch. You can watch He Man, Trip to Europe, uh, Golf or Tennis, or Chip and Dale. Uh, I'm gonna go for. Uh I'm going to go for the the X factor here, the unknown. I think I might go for that super long play of the Australian Open. Okay. Uh, wow. One, because I don't know what sport we're playing. And two, who knows what the commercials are going to be <laughs> right. like on that thing. That's genius. You're right. Or if it's that's eight. what's even on that videotape, there could that's be something right. yeah, weird I mean, on there. There is a really good chance that it is labeled as the Australian Open, and you're watching a good 20, 25 minutes of it, and all of a sudden, static change, boom, and you're into some sort of yeah. very bizarre uh, maybe he walks Christmas. That, was, that uh, Droids Christmas special comes. Yeah, exactly. On there. The Droids Christmas special. Maybe even uh, home videos of their kids opening up Christmas gifts, and then cut to I don't know some sort of uh, murder she wrote marathon uh, that was recorded. And yeah, I mean, who knows? That is who like, knows? I mean, that that is a treasure trove right there, especially murder. She like wrote. I did said, you just make a murder? She wrote. Reference? Did you make, did you make literally only one reference. listener right now that's excited about your murder? She wrote list uh, reference. Yeah, and that listener is Angela Lansbury. So thank you. Yep, she's <laughs> thank coming you for on. listening, Angela. We appreciate it. Should we yodel in the news? Yeah, let's yodel in the news. All right. <laughs> never get tired of the yodelers i love i love that yodel you know the thing about it is though like they're really good at it it's not like it's just like oh that's yodeling it's like that's that's not only is that yodeling but they're actually really good at it yeah that's yodeling i am i'm I'm an expert on yodeling i don't know if you knew that who's your favorite yodeler oh i like brinkoff laguski Oh, you do? <laughs> yeah, he's pretty good. I feel like, you know, the thing is, I feel like his yodels are a little too derivative. Okay. I like I like a little bit more originality. Oh, like he was, he was buying from Cyprus Hagenwoch? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I just felt like, oh, yeah, we've heard this already. Yeah. In Hans Grudelbogen, too. <laughs> of course, yeah. Good enough. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> this podcast, this podcast happens to be recording at a time when... I, I feel like every Wednesday we sit yeah. down and we're like, okay, let's gather the news. Yeah. And then there is breaking news right before we yeah. hit the record button. Right. And it's happened again to us. It happened before when Disney released its its opening reopening plans for Walt Disney World. Right. And now it's happening again. Or and it happened a second time when Disneyland op- uh, announced its reopenings. And now it's happening again because literally, literally an hour before we sat down to record this. Uh, the this, the news broke that Disneyland has postponed its reopening plans. Yeah, I did a really fun game on Google News. You can play this game. I went to Google News and I typed in uh, Disneyland into the news part, right? So you don't have to yes. type in Disneyland news, news. You just go to the news tab. You type yep. in Disneyland. And I counted how many pages I had to go through until I, I got to a news item that wasn't Disneyland delays their reopening. And I believe it was like the middle of page two or something. Literally, every, you cannot get Disneyland news right now. That's not this news item. It is the it's only in- news. It's interesting you mentioned that because I tried to do that. Like I heard that this was happening. And so I must have gotten on right before uh, Google crawled across the internet to update its news because I couldn't find anything at first. And so then I go to the the Disneyland website and I read their reopening plans. And very subtly, very, very subtly, they say, hey, we're reopening downtown Disney. And then they just changed the one line that said that the Disneyland Resort, or excuse me, Disneyland Park and California Adventure 
are not reopening anytime soon. Yeah. So it was very, very subtle. And then all of a sudden, all the news, the news uh, outlets pick this up. So yeah. It's uh, uh, it's funny too to see all the different news outlets have to come up with different titles so you'll click on theirs. So they start off, you know, the mainstream ones are just more like Disneyland delay reopens, whatever, and then then you'll get ones that are like, huh, not so fast, Mickey Mouse. You want to take a time out? Because oh yeah, you now, saw that one too. <laughs> yeah, they're like they try to like yeah. embellish the title a little bit to make it a little more yeah. narrative. Um, I saw that not so fast, Mickey. Uh, but w- what is the news item? Are they holding off till the seventeenth or indefinitely? They're they're holding off indefinitely, wow. so they are not opening on July seventeenth. Downtown Disney is going to still be opening, and uh, as they have scheduled. So Downtown Disney was going to open earlier than the Disneyland parks and the and the resorts. Uh, I believe that they said that that was July 9th. Yeah, was when they were going to be reopening. And this is the, related and, to the sur- the surging cases. This is related to the inability to to execute a plan, or I think it's uh, related to our world falling apart in general. Okay, okay, you know? good. I think That's I, a good I don't banner think, comment. Yeah, exactly. I don't really think the PR rep said it that way, right. but I think we could attribute it to to that. <laughs> uh, what what the company said was that California has now indicated that it will not issue theme park reopening guidelines until sometime after July fourth. And wow. so that wouldn't give the company enough time for to recall staff uh, and cast members and prepare the parks to reopen by mid-July. So they said, we're going to be holding off on that. And then in addition, uh, there's there's been, and this was something that we were going to report on, was that there have been a lot of uh, Disneyland's unions were yeah. planning protests uh, at at the Disneyland Resort over the, the the timetable to reopen. So there was a there's a lot of concern from the unions about, hey, we are moving too quickly. And so I think the combination. Do you of feel California, like that's the that's the that's what you would expect from the unions? I, I feel like the unions are. I don't know why I feel weird about that. Like I, I feel like they would be like, you got to get these parks open. We have people that want to work, and and you're saying that they're taking the opposite stance of you're doing this too quickly, and they're they're still getting paid. Their the cast members are still on some kind of paid furlough that has not expired yet. Or what's what is going on there? What's your take on that? I don't believe that they're on a paid furlough. They are furloughed, and they have their health benefits. So right. they have their health benefits guaranteed for the year but they're not getting paid. So yes, there's one side that you would think that the unions would be interested in getting them back to, to work. Yeah. And yet at the same time, there are legitimate health concerns. And, and I can certainly appreciate that as you're seeing the, the rise in cases in California, places like California and Florida, where the only two domestic parks are, when you see rises in both of those places and you see that while Disney World is already starting to take reservations to reopen, and Disneyland just ha- is delayed behind Disney World, I-, I think you can see where a lot of those workers are going to be saying, yeah, if I'm recalled back, I still don't feel safe in going. Even right. if you have all these these health measures in place, like I still don't want to, I don't want to have to report for work. So the the unions are advocating on behalf of of the cast members that way. Interesting. And so the combination of California, gov- uh, California politics and union uh, negotiations is really putting Disney in this bind. Right, this is probably for the better, despite how many disappointed guests there are going to be. Yeah, this is the first time, like right now in this moment on this podcast, is the first time I'm really thinking about. I've not been out a lot, right? Like I haven't been out. I, I've, yeah, I've, you uh, just went up to Bend, and that's it. Yeah, like I've, I've been hiking where there's not masks. There's just you know a few people on a trail. I've I've done some experimental coffee drive-through stuff. So that that's been you know I haven't worn a mask for that. But this is the first time I've like been out in public, like going into like you know lots of places where I've, I ran into my first mouse uh, mask bouncer today. I tried to go in a bookstore. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I've never run into a mask bouncer before. I just didn't know what to do, and I wanted to go into a bookstore and look at books. And there's just a guy like right there, just being like, "Hey, we all like to read, but let's slow it up and get that mask on you." <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "Okay." I just wanted to see. Was what he t- was he all t- was he tatted up more than you? 
Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, I mean, he was equal. He was equal, but he was uh, you, equal. You could but tell, he had a mask on. Yeah, you could tell he could bench more than me. So he was probably yeah. four fifty, something like that. Uh, he was just ripping phone books when you yeah. walked in. Yeah, he's he, like, we love to read, but we don't need to read this. <laughs> Get your mask on. So here's the thing, and I don't want to turn this dark, but like I have never till this moment contemplated like there, there's this idea uh, when you leave Disneyland that you you don't know when you'll be back, but you know you will be back like somebody will be back in the morning it just won't be me and i'll be back in a year i'll be back in six months uh you know other people have that with you know other types of vacations they have or other things that they like uh where you you leave that thing and you don't know when you're gonna see it again be with it again or whatever um that can feel weird i've never felt that about disneyland until right now where i'm like let's just put a date on the calendar though like give me an anchor give me something to like hold on to it feels very it's starting to feel weird to me uh, because i don't want to ask the question like what if this is a what if this is a really long thing? What if this is a yeah, five-year like thing? If, what if we don't know when we're going to be able to go? Yeah, man, that's making me feel weird right now. Yeah, that is a, that's a thought that I have contemplated. Uh, you know, I've, I've tried to remain hopeful that, yeah. uh, that this is going to be a, a short-term thing. Uh, I want it to be a short-term thing. And, uh, and yet it just, I feel like it is, it, a lot of life right now is feeling like there's a minefield that you have mapped out where the mines are and then you take a step where you think is the right and safe direction and then what do you know there are murder hornets underneath right like, exactly you know, it's just yeah. like it feel like you can't make a move because yeah. every move has a bunch of indecision behind it and so i think yeah i thought about that too when is the next time we're going back to disney parks and yeah, it's something that we. our family talks about literally every day i mean yeah. and we have uh, even before uh, the shutdown happened, was when can we go back to the Disney parks? We're all looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it feels it feels odd. It feels odd, not, man. To not know, right? Hey, do you not have any? You have? Do you have any hopeful uh, Disneyland news items? It's very hard to find a non-delayed opening news item. Did you? Did you? Did you win that game? Oh yeah, you- no, I've got a great. I've got a great hopeful news item. Are you oh, ready? fantastic! Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, here we go. Here's here's one. Here's one that's just gonna. Oh, it's gonna super excited. Gonna make you feel better. Okay. Yay! Disney World. Yeah. cancels their Halloween party. <laughs> oh, good. Those are dangerous. <laughs> okay. Oh, I'm yeah. so glad to hear that. Yeah. A lot of candy. Yeah. Uh, that's right. Yeah, uh, costumes. So that's good. Yeah, we they, don't need that. We don't need that. We don't need extra sugar in our life. Yeah. And Disney recognizes that. And so they're saying, hey, listen, we're going to do something for the families. We're going to cancel our Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween parties. Yeah. So how's that? How's that for uplifting news? Uh, I like it because it's, uh, you know, those experiences, which I've been to, I've been to the Not So Scary Halloween party. Best part of it is when uh, everybody else has to leave and you get to stay. That's just a feeling yes. of superiority. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, uh, you just, I got a wristband. Where's yeah, your wristband? I like oh, you to help. One? Get yeah. out of here. I like here. to help the cast members. I walk with them. I'm like, that's right. Get on just out. Sweeping them up. That's right. Nope, nope. This is for the special people. You're not a special person. Let's go ahead and move it out. Yeah. Uh, no, they're fun, though. They're fun, and and uh, yeah, that's a bummer, man. Hey, do you have any news items that are good or up oh, and, yeah, happy yeah. and uplifting? Here, here's another one that's Oh, give uplifting. me something positive. Give me something okay. great, man. I need, hey. I need something. Is there anything I could watch on TV that would really uplift my spirits? Oh, boy. There is something that you could watch on TV that would uplift your spirits. It's a little movie that's exclusive to Disney+. Plus. Oh, good. It was going to be a major theater release Oh, directed by famed actor and director Kenneth Branagh. Hmm. Hey, do you like Kenneth Branagh? I, I love was, Kenneth Branagh. He's great. He's fantastic. I believe he played uh, Gilderoy Lockhart in the, in Harry Potter. Oh, he, yeah. uh, a, f- a famous director of Shakespeare, uh, has done, uh, I believe he was in Hamlet and Richard III. Fantastic. Little movie he did called Artemis Fowl. Oh, yeah. Based off of a incredibly successful book series. Yeah, yeah. Yep, I've read some Published of Published by books. Disney Press as well. Yeah. 
So I get to watch uh, that, that on Disney Plus. It's you can watch it on Disney Plus. Oh, what do you yay. think about that? What a great night! That's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Anybody had anything to say about this? Am I going to enjoy I mean, that? There's night? a little bit. There's been a little a little discussion of it uh, okay. since it released. Um, it's currently uh, it's currently sitting at a very very unusual. Uh, I would say very notable, 9% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow, that's last of the airbender territory. Yeah, that is uh, that is criminally low uh, low scores 9%? for a movie. 9%? Yes, 9%. Wow. What, what do we think about this? Do you know anything about Artemis Fowl? Yes, I do. I, I'm trying to think. I, I don't believe this movie was following any of the books, though. I feel like they spun it off and tried to make a series out of it or something, if I remember correctly. Uh, the intention was to create a Harry Potter-like series out of it, and I think the best that they could get aw- uh, get out was this one movie. Right. And uh, from what I understand, I have not seen it. I'm looking forward to watching it. Yeah. Uh, because because <laughs> because of everything that I have been reading about it. But from what I understand, it does not follow the books very closely. Uh, it is not. Uh, it, it many many fans of the book series are very disappointed with this interpretation of Artemis Fowl and the series. We got to do this. And we got to watch it and review it next week. We got. We just well, this do is it. so. This is what I want to talk to you about on the show. Now we have done two back of the vaults, uh, the black hole and Dick Tracy. Yeah, I feel like this is begging to be a back of the vault feature, do even it, though it just first got into the vault. Like it literally just went into the vault. And uh, Look, people but, are going to be searching this term on the internet. We should have content that has this in the title. So I just think for SEO reasons alone, the guys in prison told me like to, to do this. That's that's what the guards suggested. Yeah, the, the guards in the prison are, system are, you are just SEO turning, experts. Are you just turning to the guards for uh, yeah for SEO all of my SEO and SEM uh, stuff comes from prison guards, and they know their stuff, and they recommend we do Artemis file next week. Uh, give our uh, does this thing deserve a nine percent? What do you think? Uh, there you I go. am. I am all over this now. Now I will say that my oldest is a huge fan of the book series, mm. like just voracious reader. And when I showed him the trailer, when the trailer dropped, I was like, "Oh man, Artemis Fowl! Disney's releasing Artemis Fowl. What do you think?" And he watched that and he just went, "Nah," just straight <laughs> no. up, like, "I don't no. acknowledge the existence of this." No, like no. nothing about it. He was just like, "Nope, this doesn't work for me in any way." And that was even before. I mean, that was when it was still supposed to be a theater release. And then when it dropped on on Disney yeah, Plus, it's like <laughs> it's like a Taco Bell commercial. It either's like, yeah, I would eat that, or you just watch a new new food product from Taco Bell, and you're like, no, not mm-hmm. a chance. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no. And his, he he actually. Uh, this is the first time I've ever used him. Uh, heard him use this phrase. He said, "I can't wait to hate watch that movie." <laughs> all right. So, well, I think we should do it. I think we should do it. Right. Maybe he should come on for a little guest segment or something. Let us know. That his sounds perspective. great. That sounds great. Yeah. So uh, was that so the news? That's uh, that's about that's about <laughs> but, all the news we got. But, but I feel it terrible, Scott Storm. Right I don't. I, I don't feel I good. I don't blame you. I don't. This blame podcast you. is uh, supposed to relieve me of my work stress and anxiety and take me to a happy place. Well, listen. This is the silver lining. We have a great main segment that oh, is good. just around the corner. We're going to be talking about the history of Star Wars in the parks. You're going to love this. You're going to love this discussion. And uh, and while we're taking this quick break, why don't you pop in that VHS of Central Europe and uh, and be taken on a on a beautiful excursion? That's a great idea. Let's let's do that. You're just another part of me. Okay, so we're back, uh, and we're in our main segment. We're going to be talking about the history of Star Wars and Disney parks. Now, on October 30th, 2012, Disney paid $4 billion 
to one person, that person being George Lucas, to purchase the rights to the most successful sci-fi franchise ever and Indiana Jones and all of Lucasfilm were in the hands of Disney after a long partnership and, and even, Aaron, even a rocky start. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think about that? So Disney played, it wasn't a round number. They didn't pay exactly 4 billion for Star Wars. It was four point something or three point something. But my question, it was about, it was about 4 billion. Uh, I used to know the numbers that they paid for Marvel and all of those things like that. To me, when I I guess I get excited about Star, uh, about buying Star Wars, the opportunity for me to buy Star Wars. So I'm willing to overpay for it. They obviously have people to look at, but what are your thoughts on that? Do you think the 4 billion sale price for I'm going to go with the most beloved movie series ever. Yeah. I don't even want to put the sci-fi title on it. I'm just going. Well, let's, it also includes not only uh, Star Wars, but it includes Indiana Jones. So it, yeah, the two, two most, the most beloved, beloved movies series ever made, uh, certainly in the pop culture realm. Four billion for the rest of your life. You own that. Does that seem like the right price to you? How do you feel about that? I feel like they got a steal on that. Right? I, Me and, too. And, and especially because uh, because I, I did take a look at what Disney paid for Pixar. So Disney paid seven point four billion for Pixar, right? And they paid four billion for Marvel. So yeah. four billion for Marvel and four billion for Lucasfilm. I feel like, I mean, I, I, that valuation of Lucasfilm, I feel like, is way way higher. Yeah. Than what it would have been for Marvel. So yeah, I think it was a steal. I know when I was talking about this story with people who didn't want to listen back when this happened years ago uh, who didn't want to listen to me talk about it i didn't know what the number was so i'd be like i don't know disney bought it for like 60 billion dollars or whatever money (laughs) and they're like lots of money and they paid lots of money yeah because to me like uh, aaron eight-year-old aaron's like hey do you want to buy star wars i'm like yeah here's 60 billion here's 100 quadrillion dollars i'll give you infinity plus one dollars for it (laughs) so four billion does seem like a steal but anyways so yeah disney owns star wars but it's interesting because again that is October 30th, 2012. And yet the courtship between Disney and Lucas goes way back all the way to the mid 70s. And so I feel like uh, we can't really talk about Disney's presence, or excuse me, Star Wars presence in Disney parks unless we really get into the history of it. And it's a great history. So let's get into it. We're going to get into this. Uh, I have to ask you one more question. Our fans are yes. dying to know. Like, it's important. Wait. I'm sorry I have to do this. I don't want to, you know, you got good, uh, whatever they call that. Uh, I don't know. I have to ask I you don't a know. question. I don't know what I have at this point. Momentum. Yeah, you, you had good momentum. Oh, I'm stepping <laughs> all over it momentum. because I have to ask you this question uh, because it has to do with Disney acquiring movie studios and things like things, that, all that kind of stuff. Is it touchstone or touchtone pictures? Ah, uh, yes. Okay. My mistake. It was touchstone pictures. And I tried to like subtly correct it. You in the- did try to. I, I listened to it again. And I'm like, touchstone. And you're like, touchstone. I'm like, yeah, I know. That's what I said, Aaron. Touchstone. <laughs> and then I was like, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I've been saying this wrong for 30 years. No, it's definitely touchstone pictures. Touchstone pictures. I, w- I was wrong. So, <laughs> mid-1970s, Card Walker's the CEO of Walt Disney Company. George Lucas wants to make a Flash Gordon film, but he can't get the rights to Flash Gordon, and so he decides to make his own. So he takes ideas from Flash Gordon, the Flash Gordon serials, which uh, if, if our listeners are not familiar or if you are not familiar, Aaron, of course, Flash Gordon, a famous science fiction uh, uh, hero, sci-fi hero, mm-hmm. also a football player, yeah, not unlike Ron Miller, also a football player who is a swashbuckling uh Han Solo-ish type of guy, maybe? Yeah. Who's, I mean, who is, how do you describe Flash Gordon without saying he's like a Flash Gordon superhero character? He's like a Flash Gordon character. Uh, I describe him as Aquaman without the aqua. Yes. 
He's Aquaman with a ray gun. Yeah. Absolutely right. Thank you. I've okay. worked really hard on that. Very good. Very good. Okay, so so he wants to make Flash Gordon film, but he doesn't have it. So he takes ideas from Flash Gordon. He takes ideas from Akira, Akira Kurosawa's uh, like Seven Samurai uh, type of films, and he creates The Star Wars. It's called The Star Wars. He shops the Star Wars around. United Artists passes on it. Universal passes on it. And he takes it to Disney, and Disney passes on it. And mainly, these studios pass because it's too grandiose of a tale, it's too expensive, and George Lucas, yeah, he had some success with American Graffiti, but that's a 1950s period piece about kids drag racing in Modesto, or whatever it is, and, uh, and he's got no business making a uh, huge, you know, highfalutin space opera. Yeah, I'm trying to get like a modern day, like like somebody's done something that that's, I'm not going to say American Graffiti was safe, uh, and it's, it's one of my favorite movies. I love American Graffiti, but that- You same, do? Yeah, I love American Graffiti. Oh my that's gosh, do you really not? Interesting. Oh, no, wow. I'm, I, oh, huge uh, Maybe fan. I have to watch it again. I, you know, I haven't watched it in a long time, yeah. so maybe maybe if I watch it again, I'll have a, a So a California, so yeah, anyways- but I'm trying to think of like a modern day like equivalent of a guy that had has done done a little something, you know, he did a couple movies, they were fine, and then just comes out and is like, yeah, no, I'm making this huge space movie, and you go, oh, you're crazy, like yeah. not like hey, I wonder <laughs> yeah. if that'll be big or not. But literally, the right. re- the response is, yeah, you've fallen off the deep end. That's- yeah, there's no way you're going to be able to make something like that. That's just completely impossible. Yeah. So so Disney passes on it, and then he takes it to Fox, and Fox decides to pick it up. Right, it debuts in 1977. Rest is history. Uh, again, the the delightful poetry of this is that Disney at one point will own both Lucasfilm and Man, Fox. Fox. Right? Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. But also, can you imagine Star Wars without the uh, the opening role of the Fox, the bump bump, the, the, the fanfare? Like, right. yeah, the fanfare. Like that is uh, that is not Star Wars, but it's also I think our first uh, you know our first recollection of that fanfare for a lot Absolutely. of us was with Star Wars. Absolutely. So in our minds, they're just the same thing. Like, oh, that thing always precedes Star Wars. Like that intro, Star Wars. That's yeah. the intro to Star Wars. Totally. Yes. Yes, wow, that's uh, I, crazy. I definitely had that feeling. It was funny when I was doing my research for this. Uh, I read a blog post that said, or it was some sort of news item that was talking about Disney acquiring Lucasfilm, and then they were very quick to point out that said, "Yes, but Disney will never own the rights to A New Hope because A New Hope is uh, the distribution rights to A New Hope is owned by Fox, and so Disney will never be able to to acquire the distribution rights to A New Hope." And then flash forward, right. Disney just goes, "Yeah, well, we we'll just yeah, buy Fox we'll just buy too." That. Yeah, it's like it's like a callback to our Disneyland hotel episode where yes. they're just like, okay, you don't want to sell this as a hotel? Fine, we'll we buy, buy the, the whole thing. The hotel. <laughs> so, so Disney's chasing that Star Wars cheddar. They end up releasing the Black Hole, which is their Poseidon's Adventure meets 2001 Space Odyssey. Uh, but because Star Wars is as, as successful as it is, they got to cram as many Star Wars tropes into it as possible. So uh, Aaron... Uh, for the benefit of our listeners who haven't listened to our our Black Hole episode, what are some of those Star Wars tropes that they cram into this sci-fi thriller? Question mark. Mm, yeah, thriller? Question mark. Uh, sci-fi? Question mark. Uh, it does take place. <laughs> does take place in space. It does take place in but space. But that does not make it sci-fi. Uh, you know, they got goofy robots that say and do goofy things. They got goofy nameless robots that shoot goofy blasters. Uh, you know, so they they got that stuff. They got they got nameless robot armies. That's right. There you go. That's right. And that, and now you have just sold at least ten more people. I gotta check out this black hole. So uh, Disney thought that this was going to be a huge success. It was supposed to be a hit. Uh, Allegedly, this was also supposed to be uh, developed into a theme park uh, attraction. Is that true? So 
That's the rumor mill. There's definitely a, a history for that. I mean, there's there's definitely a history for that. Yeah. Like 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Yeah. Right? So yeah. not outside the realm of possibility that Disney's taking a look at this and going, this is going to be a huge hit. And when it is, hey, there's this thing. We're going to make a big motion simulator attraction out of this. So yeah. that was, allegedly, that was the plan. That Black Hole was going to come out and that they were going to develop a motion simulator attraction based on that. But Black Hole flops. It does not do well. And the... It's so funny because that motion simulator already exists. All you have to do, it's super easy. Uh, you just go out uh, in your car and put like a blanket over all the windows and uh, sit there and there you go. You mean for the black hole? Yeah, that's it. It's a very cheap ride to, to build. Well, yes, but Aaron, how are you possibly going to uh, get the heaven and hell uh, uh, show scenes of uh, the black yeah, hole? Yeah, you have to get your kids to pour just random buckets of paint over the windshield of your car, what? I think. <laughs> let's let's uh, armchair Imagineer this for a moment. Flight of fancy here. Can you imagine if they did develop a black hole motion simulator? That would mean that there <sighs> be two attractions in disneyland which at some point send you to hell yeah i know they have, have, have mr toads and the black hole and i think i would prefer the mr toads the 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 black hole one is it has a warning before you get on the ride it's like uh either your your retinas are separating from your eyes or you're just experiencing our traction normally there's no way to tell we have a doctor at the exit until you get done yeah until you get done we'll find out if it and was you're a in the gift separation. shop we'll know whether or not you need medical attention <laughs> exactly that's right so so they shelve the uh they shelve the the emotion simulator attraction and Disney decides to never do another motion simulator attraction ever because they can't get one done for the black hole, correct? No, that's false. That is false. Yay, whoo! I don't like being that's pop quizzed when I'm on vacation, but I did pretty that good. That false answer was true. Yeah. It's very confusing. <laughs> yes. So 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 now flash forward a couple of years. Um Lucas is very successful, obviously, with Disney. I mean, he's very successful. Disney is very successful. Lucas has grown up a Disney kid. The, he, he's been, always been a fan of Disneyland. He, he has always wanted to do something creative with him. And, uh, and in fact, on July 17th, 1955, the Lucas family drives little Georgie, little 11-year-old Georgie, down to Anaheim for the opening of Disneyland. He just his family, just George Lucas's fam, family, <laughs> buys their tickets to go to opening day of Lizzie, and they're like, "Yeah, that's seventeen dollars and fifty cents." And George is just like, "Someday, someday, you'll put four billion dollars in that's my pocket." Right. Exactly. <laughs> so here you go. Here's seventeen dollars. I think I, again. Hold I on just to think that. Of the, I just think at some point Disney Disney realized, um, well, we took seventeen dollars from little eleven year old George Lucas. Yeah. Uh, but we decided we didn't want to buy his silly sci-fi uh, epic story. And we're going to pass on that because that's never going to be successful. Oops, what do you know? 30, <laughs> 35 years later, we're paying $4 billion yeah, for this. Yeah, I know, funny. Crazy. So uh, Lucas and Disney, they get together and they do a project that's not Star Wars related. It is, can you guess? Is this Captain EO? It is Captain EO. Yeah. Tell so me excited. what you know about Captain EO. Uh, I want to I want to talk about Captain EO for a second because I think I, I don't know that it's fair to say that you know Captain EO is the precursor to Star Wars in the park, but I think that Captain EO is the precursor uh, to Star Wars in the park. Um, I think to some degree, uh, I've seen it yeah, a number. I've seen, I've seen it a number of a number of times, and uh, I know that uh, the EO in Captain EO stands for is is Michael Jackson derived that from the I believe the Greek goddess of dawn 
uh, EOS oh, or EO. Yes. So that's what yes, that okay. name actually means. Okay. And that is uh, where the Hensons involved with that. I believe the Hensons were. I believe the Hensons did the uh, the creature work on it. Yeah. Yes. So, so you know, it's a space it's a space musical. Uh, it's what it is. Is yeah. if you've ever seen the movie Labyrinth, uh, it's a short story version of Labyrinth turned upside down uh, in space. If all of the Muppets uh, failed science class, I think. Is and what, if Jennifer the... Conley was played by Michael Jackson. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, she's not. Yeah. Do you, so <laughs> talk, to me, talk to me about Captain Neil for, for a little bit. Do you remember your first time? Did you like it? Were you a Oh, fan? my gosh. Uh, yes. So, uh, again, just Captain Neo, for those of you who, who don't know, Captain Neo was a 3D uh, like a 12-minute 3D film. 3D before uh, that, 3D. This isn't like another 3D film. This was 3D before 3D 3D was a yeah. common thing in the theater. And we mean 3D I, I mean, glasses, not 3D CGI. It was mostly practical effects in Captain EO. Exactly, yes. And, and it was uh, produced by Lucas. It was directed by Francis Ford Coppola. It was, at the time, the most expensive film ever made. Yeah. Uh, as in pri- price per minute. Yeah. And uh, What it was, was it, seven, 12 minutes, something like that? I think it was like 12 minutes yeah. long. Yeah, I think that's what it was. The Cosmos, a universe of good and evil, where a small group struggles to bring freedom to the countless worlds of despair. A ragtag band led by the infamous Captain Eel. This planet doesn't look so dangerous, Idy. Is this it, Odie? We'll see. Oh, we better find that landing beacon. Hey, Hooter, we're almost there. Oh, boy! Don't get too close or you'll trip their intrusion alarm. Yeah, don't slow it. And it had, uh, it was starred Michael Jackson. It starred uh, Angelica Houston as the the evil villain. Uh, It had a fantastic music number. And man, uh, I believe that the song was... Was it You're Just Another Part of Me? Is that what it was? You're Just Another, another part, part of Me. Another Part of Me. Yeah. Yeah, that's Sorry, what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I only, I only remember that when you just said that. And a, a great, just a just a fantastic song. Fantastic song. I had the Captain EO t-shirt. Did you? Which was the, yeah. I had the t-shirt that, that Michael Jackson wore in it. It was like a white t-shirt. It had like a fluorescent pink and yellow and blue stripe uh, stripes that glowed in the dark. Yeah, yeah. It was, and that it was shirt actually glowed with the, in the dark. With the little monster, the little his little Furby-looking monster guy yep. next to him. And then he yep. was below it in a white suit, and he had, like, lightning shooting out of his chest. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. So and you so wore had, that in public? I had that shirt. Yeah, I had the shirt. It was awesome. Uh, I love loved Captain EO. Fantastic, fantastic. And so, yes, so that was very successful um, it, it came, it, it was there for a long time. Then honey, I shrunk the audience, I think took its place and then they brought it back for a little while and then, uh, and then it'll probably never be. It's weird be that Michael again. Jackson's singing. There is actually, I think a, some space battley stuff that happens in that. If I remember correctly, through song, if I remember correctly, uh, yeah, I was going to say, it's weird that Michael Jackson's voice isn't the only artillery on that ship. It's like, should we load up the, uh, Fulcum cannons? It's like, no, load up. The no, I got Hold on. <laughs> He's just like, that's. Set the hee-hee to stun. And then, yeah, and then every single time he does a shamon, it's just like another <laughs> yeah, another thing. Shoots out lasers. Literally the and plot of this movie. I actually think that's how it plays out in the movie. <laughs> I think, uh, I think when off. the creatures are attacking, <laughs> it's a lot of hee-hees yeah. and shamans yeah, that, that actually them are the art. That, that is the weapons armament of his little spaceship is his that's voice, right. which is 
dude yeah you, you yes you plot that out and it's either a huge hit or a huge miss and there are parts of captain eo that are amazing they feel like that movie labyrinth they feel like oh, uh, henson's yes. bigger work they feel like i've never seen an environment like that that feels uh used and and dirty and lived in and like a real thing yep. i totally believe in it um and then there's a very high level of cheese and hokiness to it oh yeah uh, <laughs> where it's the a little that, the fact that michael jackson is piloting a starship yeah. Yeah. And that uh, and that every all of his crew give him such reverence and yeah. uh, and respect. Uh, yes, I mean that is uh, you're really suspending disbelief. Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like we're sp- suspending disbelief farther that Michael Jackson is a competent captain of a starship than that his uh, first mate is a robot that transforms into a drum set. <laughs> exactly. Like literally, he goes to a spaceport and they're like, "Huh, you're you're." A- captain of a starship huh and he's like it, it's not that big a deal there's literally one person on my planet there was right. they, <laughs> right. they had one I was choice the one yeah so i was the one they needed a doctor and a, and a and a space pilot and i went space pilot so there you go and i flunked out of med school so they <laughs> so, gave, yep. they gave me this shit. so i'm a starfighter now oh, woo! <laughs> hey don't fire that thing in here are you crazy sorry i didn't know it was <laughs> sorry. loaded sorry. i thought the safety was on <laughs> I <thought> the safety <laughs> was on. <laughs> what is the safety is like a belt buckle or something <laughs> Yeah, they he grabs all the time. That's, of what, course. that's what Michael Jackson yeah. do. He's not, Every single time he grabbed his belt area, oh, totally. because he was turning the safety off. That of wasn't inappropriate. That was, just good, that was just good weapon safety. Right, yes, that's right. He was following the, the cardinal rules of weapon safety. <laughs> we are totally talking Always about Star Wars in the, in the park. Okay. Captain EO, the precursor to uh, Star Wars in the park. You can see it on YouTube. If you have not had the joy of watching Captain EO, you can find it on YouTube. It really is. It really is great. I mean, uh, you know, uh, Michael Jackson problems notwithstanding, uh, it's a fantastic, uh, it's a fantastic long form music video, yeah. uh, and it's it's a great piece of uh, piece of film to watch. So, Captain how do we Eo's get from great. yeah? How do we get from there to how do we get from Captain EO to Star Wars? Yeah. So, so the success of Captain EO drives the desire for Lucas to make more theme park attractions and theme park things and depart with Disney uh, further. So, so Captain EO is a success. And that is combined with one of our favorite reoccurring characters on Bob's and Samantha's, and that is 16-year-old Brock Eisner, <laughs> the son of Michael Eisner, who says, Dad, what? there aren't enough teen things in Disneyland. Teen things like dances? Why isn't there any Star Wars in this park? What the heck is Star Wars? Dad, don't you know who George Lucas is? Literally never heard of him. You d- <laughs> Didn't you just make Captain... <laughs> I wasn't a. Part, <laughs> I wasn't a part of that. Call him Michael Jackson. He'll tell you. <laughs> it is not unlikely, though, that Michael Eisner had never heard of George Lucas. They're just like uh, George, George Lucas wants wants to do a movie, and he's like, "Who? Star Wars? Biggest movie of all time? No. Nah. Hey, know. did you guys see know. Splash? Um, now that's a film. Daryl Hannah. She's the next big thing. <laughs> yeah. Are you serious about Brock Eisner having anything to do with Star Wars? Yes, so, really? Bro- yes, bro- yeah. Brock Eisner says, "Hey, Star Wars is a thing. There's not enough things for teens to do in here, and so I want a Star Wars." Dude, how many things I- do we owe the thanks to Brock Eisner on? I think we owe the modern Disney history to Brock Eisner. Wow, he's just like literally. I want. By this the in- way, I looked up Brock Eisner yeah. on IMDb. Yeah. That guy's a director in Hollywood. Did you know that? No, I did not know that. In my mind, he's you, still 16 wanting Splash I know, Mountain. Yeah, I know. I thought the same thing. Do you remember the the uh, mid-90s? I think it was the late 90s movie Sahara starring uh, Matthew McConaughey? No. Okay. Well, he directed that. <laughs> Fantastic. And he directed the uh, 
the horror movie The Crazies, which was like a early 2000s horror film. Okay. And I think he was slated to direct the reboot of the Friday the 13th series. He's a big horror movie director. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, just weird. Just a weird aside. Talk to me about how Brock Eisner, Michael Eisner's son, has anything to do with Star Tours. He, he says the teen thing. There's not enough for teens to do. Star Wars is kind of a big deal. Maybe we should look into it. You guys already did that Captain EO thing. That's right. So ultimately... Uh, Eisner sits down with Lucas. They decide they want to do a motion simulator ride. They want to do a Star Wars ride. Star Tours is created. And uh, I'm not, we're not going to spend too much time on Star Tours just because that merits its own full history of. Uh, but, but suffice to say, Disney, uh, Star Wars has its footprint in Disney for, for real in 1987 when Star Tours opens. It debuts in 1987. It's, of course, a revolutionary motion simulator attraction. Everything about it, about it is amazing. The queue is amazing. Yeah. What else is amazing? Uh, the theme for it's amazing. It's neat that they developed a, sto- a story for it and that they, they I, I thought the story was good. I, I mean, it was, it was fun. Let's talk about that story okay. for just a moment, okay? Yeah. As I was preparing this, I started to think about the story of the original Star Tours. Okay. And the story started to... It brought up some questions for me. I'd okay, like you to. Yeah. I'd like to explore some of those questions with you. Okay. Right now. Should we summarize what the story is? The, go ahead. The, the rebels have uh, just thwarted the shield around the Death Star from the Endor moon, uh, as That's you correct. recall at the end of Return of Jedi, which allowed uh, Lando Calrissian and company to blow up and the second, the, the the yeah the de- the second Death Star. And that makes it tra- uh, safe now for uh, intergalactic tourism. And right. so the Star Tours Company, which was either in hibernation or just you know kind of running in sort of a COVID-style uh, physical distancing model, they were allowed to come out, uh, take their masks off, and really ramp up production on Star That's on right. the Star Tours. I like and how you did that COVID thing. Thanks, man. And then you know, yeah. so you could travel to whatever Hoth and new places that were now safe because of the yeah. of the rebels. Go visit Bespin. And yeah, and so now it's just it's just an airport. It's just a 1980s airport, but it's for Star star travel that's right which is fun we are in a post a post imperial time frame right so you board your your star speeder and you are headed toward the moon of endor to go visit the the ewoks and of course like all good disney rides uh chaos ensues uh what you expect to happen doesn't happen and you are thrown into a thrilling adventure part of that thrilling adventure ends up having you meet up with the rebellion attacking the Empire on another Death Star. So my question to you is, how many Death Stars are around the galaxy? This is the third Death Star at this point. Yeah. Boy, that's really Have you ever considered that before? I'm literally processing it right now, and I'm not happy about to be doing it while I'm on vacation because now I have to think about this all night. I I know. Uh, But yeah. It kept uh, me up all night last night. So it's not unlike Disneyland saying they're going to reopen and then being like, whoa, 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 hold on. We actually can't reopen. Star Tours was like, hey, it's safe now. The Rebel, Rebel, you know, they they took out the Death Star. Because what happens at the end of Return of the Jedi is when you see that explosion, we don't really see the dust settle. So when it settles, it's it's still kind of there a little bit. And that's that's kind of what you're running into on the Star Tours thing. Man, I've never thought about that before. That's weird, that little kind of inconsistency that they have to it, introduce drama into it, and the only way to do that is through an imperial army that has been kind of vanquished to some degree. Yeah, and 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 going through, again, the battle station that was the world-destroying battle station that ostensibly was one battle station that was created, and then that got blowed up. That done got <laughs> blowed up. Yeah. <laughs> and then, got my crocodile then gun, blew that thing right up. <laughs> That's right. Took like one shot a couple, down a hole. No big deal. Give it a, give it a good heat. 
hee hee and a couple of shimones and that thing's gone. Yeah. And then uh, they build another Death Star and they blowed that one up good. Yep. And now, what do you know? Third Death Star. Yeah. <laughs> this one's already completed though. Yeah, very, very So quick this work. one, this one, they started work on this one before the one over the moon of Endor was started. Yep. You know what I bet's going to happen? They're going to blow that one up. We should build another one at the same time. So when they blow up our, our second one, we can be like, ha ha. We got another one. Got it's another over one. here. Yeah. It's over here. Dual now. builds. Yeah. Yeah. But obviously, it's a huge hit. It gets replicated. Uh, it leads to this, the, the uh, Star Tours in the MGM studios in 1989. Uh, not only does it have the same awesome queue experience, now it has a fantastic show building that's outside of it. There's a giant ad at. I know. Don't get me started. Too. You guys and your ad at. Oh, gro- I mean, growing so up, it was like. I was so bitter at Florida. Like uh, there was a lot of reasons awesome. to be bitter at Florida, but one of them was yeah. you guys have an ad at. We had an X-wing that was over the Starcade at the back of the Star nope. Trader. You guys got a you guys got an ad at. You've seen it obviously. Is it big? Oh, yeah. I've never seen it in real life. What? It, oh, tell it's me in about life size. It's it's a life size ad at, and it is in front of uh, an Endor village, and at night the Endor village torch the torches come on, and then so you see light inside the uh, the Ewok village, and you hear Ewoks in the background. Uh, chattering away and telling really? stories. Really? That's fun. And, and then and then to add insult to injury for your uh, your envy, your yeah. ad at envy. Yeah. At one point they upgraded the ad at so it would actually shoot its chin guns. Right. And when it would shoot its chin guns, it would shoot out water. Oh and really? So people that were walking by would get splashed with water as oh, it shot out the it shot the chin guns. That's fun annoying. It was fun annoying. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, in, in in Orlando, you you love it when something shoots water at you in Orlando. <laughs> okay. Because it's the one time you actually cool down. Right on. Yeah. yeah I was yeah. jealous of the ad at growing up. So Star Tours opens there, and then it opens in Tokyo in 1992, uh, and a, a big success. And then there is a dead zone. Like, nothing happens from 1987, 1989 until 1996. Disney gets convention fever. Yeah. All right? Disney is trying to, uh, you know, they're taking hold in Orlando. This is really, this is where this the Star Wars story really focuses on Orlando for a while. It really so does. Disney, Do you know how it, annoying it, that was as a California kid? It really does. I, I've got to imagine it was. I've got to imagine it was because you had Star Tours and that was it. And then there's all the Star Wars stuff that starts happening in Florida. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think you're going to talk about some of that stuff. But also it felt like they were trying to move Hollywood. It felt like Disneyland, Disney, oh, yes. the company Disney, single-handedly was kind of like, yeah. California's kind of played out. We're all going to Florida and they were going to do everything big over there. And it was annoying growing up during that time. It was annoying. Well, none of it came to fruition, so you shouldn't be too annoyed by yeah. it. But yes, there was the the move of uh, uh, Florida, Central Florida is going to be the new Hollywood. Uh, and that was brought on by the competition between Universal and, and Disney. Yeah. And Universal opens up uh, Universal Studios. Uh, Disney beats Universal to the punch by opening up the MGM Studios right before Universal opens up. Uh, there's a whole controversy about that. It's a fantastic drama, fantastic history, which uh, at some point, if you want to go into Florida history, we can do that. But uh, Disney's trying to find these different ways to knock it. <laughs> You're shaking your head now. You're like, I don't want to talk about Florida. I don't ever want to talk about Florida. I'm always going to push the show into Florida. That's good. I know. Uh, Disney's trying to find ways to knock out Universal in Orlando, and so they j- decide to get into the convention scene. And in uh, 1995, they launched the Flower and Garden Festival and the Food and Wine Festival as, at, at Epcot, and that's like a big success. Yeah. So they're like, what's they still the next do that big stuff success? today. They have oh, so yeah. many festivals over there. They got the art, everything. We've ju- it just started trickling out to Disney's California Adventure 
in the last 10 years, I'll say, but they've been yeah, doing they, that there's stuff. There's a food festival now. Yeah, right? we now do that where you guys, you guys have been doing it out there forever where you get the punch card, you wear the lanyard, you get 10 punches and you go to the thing or whatever. We're just just getting yeah. into our getting into that here. But you guys have been doing the art one out there and the food one and the Star listen, Wars one. Listen, I'm, I'm going to be honest. We, we, don't, we don't want, and I, I say we because Disneyland now is, is my home park. We don't want food and wine at Disneyland, okay. at California Adventure. Okay, it has become a mess over in Florida. Interesting. It has become this completely bro-centric frat boy drink around the world event. Oh, interesting. Of people just being sloppy drunk uh, at a Disney park. Fun. We don't. We don't want to keep it in Florida. Let all that be in Florida. It don't. Don't let it affect our parks here. So yes, yes. You you can envy it from afar, but just know the reality is this is not an experience that we want. Okay. Good. So Disney sees a, another opportunity to create a, a convention all of its own, and they want to do a sci-fi convention, and they start advertising Disney sci-fi convention, which they are calling Contact 96, and they start advertising this in magazine ads. Have you Are you familiar with this in any way, Contact 96? Nope, I've never heard the term Contact 96 before. I want to know why... Why do they want to get into this business? Why do they want to get into the... Does it have anything to do with Comic-Con and, and numbers they're seeing from there? Or what, what drives that? For I, I think the main strategy here is uh, when Contact 96 takes place, it takes place in January. And it takes place in late January. And uh, at that time, Disney World was... That's a, that's a dead time in the parks. Right. So speaking from experience and working working during that time, you have a, a, obviously a bunch of uh, guests that are there... Uh, in the the holiday area or the ha- holiday time period, and then like everybody goes back to work after January one, and maybe you have some stragglers that are still taking their vacation into the first week of January. By the second, third, fourth week of January, it is dead, and it doesn't start to pick up again until Easter. So Disney is trying to find different revenue models that they can put into these spaces to drive attendance. Right, and so this is one of those things that they are thinking this is going to drive attendance. So. There's Star Tours numbers of- are strong. They have a good presence with the show building there, so they think this is this is something there's this is a untapped fan market that we can be a leader in pretty easily. Yeah, mid '90s is this sort of renaissance of sci-fi storytelling. Uh, yeah. you know, especially in TV. I mean, this is this is like prime X Files time, yeah. right? So, I mean, science fiction is having somewhat of a renaissance again, right? And so they decide that they're going to lean into this. So they start advertising Contact '96, uh, and they and they're calling it the biggest sci-fi event ever. Is coming into a world of its own. And then the, the the additional print says, imagine the ultimate sci-fi vacation. Imagine this, Aaron Robbins. Yeah. The ultimate sci-fi vacation. Meeting the greats from Star Trek, Star Wars, Lost in Space, and more. And this is where I go, huh, I wonder mm. how this thing's going to go. Right, <laughs> Because you yeah. have me a Star Trek and Star Wars, I get this. But now we're talking about meeting the greats from a 1965 serialized TV yeah. show. Like I think that tagline needs to be rewritten too. Meet the greats from Star Wars. Nothing more. Full stop. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Full stop. That's right. No, no, there, there's that's nothing right. more. <laughs> and so, so that's how they're advertising this. And it's a weekend-long experience that's being held at Disney's Contemporary Resort Hotel. Uh, and and geographically for you, Disney Disney Contemporary is on the monorail loop of yeah. the Magic Kingdom resorts, right? Yep. And so it's it's sort of like the uh, the hotel of the future. And so it makes sense that they're going to put this here, and it's being held over a weekend again in like late January, right. a dead time dead time in the parks. And they're advertising seminars and encounters with stars, authors, astronauts, uh, like just anything sci fi related. They're going to have a museum there. They're going to have auctions. They're going to have collectibles. And quote lavish parties end quote. Hmm. 
It does sound fun. I mean, even now, like we've been doing this forever. We, there's too many conventions now. It still sounds rad. Like, I mean, Disney throwing a party like for sci-fi fans. Yeah, I'm, I'm not yeah. going to Florida for it, but it sounds cool. I imagine if Disney's going to put together a sci-fi convention, it's going to be pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, they, they built Tomorrowland. They yeah. have an idea of how to do science fiction. Totally. <laughs> yeah. So they start these packages. They start selling packages uh, at $596 per person. Okay, never mind. That includes admission to, it, it includes your stay at the Contemporary. Okay. Which is a, which is a, uh, uh, it's a premier resort. Right. You get full park admission to all of the parks. So you okay. get a park hopper basically for those three days and you get access to the convention. Okay. That so it's reasonable. not, it's really like, it's not that bad really yeah. when you think about it uh, for all of those things. So, uh, so my question to you is, okay. when you have scheduled appearances from Star Wars, Star Trek, lost in space and more and and more uh and you've got like this whole weekend thing i mean you're thinking yeah this is gonna this is gonna generate some traction right oh yeah i'm thinking like uh we're gonna have to put some we're gonna have to have a reservation system so that we can make sure that we don't you know that we know how many people are coming we let people know down we let them down softly that they're not gonna be able to then get reservations for next year contact 97 because this one's sold out in literally three minutes. Yeah, and, and this and, is going to be a year-to-year thing, right? Oh, yeah, Contact 97. We're going to do a big one when the Contact 00 rolls up. That thing's going to be huge. You would absolutely believe that. And that is why Disney sold 20 vacation packages. <laughs> no, not 20. 20. <laughs> yeah. 20 vacation packages for this. This just in, Contact 97 package. Now, uh, Mark Hamill comes to your room. <laughs> <There>. <laughs> Mark Hamill stays with you for a weekend. Yeah, yep, so stays with you for a weekend because 20 people. Wow, that's incredible. What do you What do you think is happening at Disney right now when they're like, okay, we've got this great thing. We have these appearances. I mean, they have appearance contracts lined up for stars. You're going to appear and do this yeah. thing. They have, they have all these plans. I run these then, meetings for a company. Question one is like, okay, first, how of the 20... How many of that did you guys sign up for, Reggie? Did did you sign up for one? And I, I mean, uh, great. Well, you know, we need we need to goose our numbers a little bit, Brett. Great. So I it's mean, nine, uh, nineteen. You know. So it's nine. Reggie signed up for one, so it's really nineteen. Well, no, wait. I mean, not entirely. <laughs> not. I mean, I mean, okay. one isn't really going to move the needle in any way uh, to gain. So traction. we have zero. Zero is what we have. So how did they market this thing, and why did they get twenty magazines? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, they marketed in magazines. I don't know why they got 20. I have no explanation for That's why this occurred. Um, but obviously, this ta- this sends Disney into a, uh, a tailspin, a fury, and they quickly start retooling. Yeah. So they, they radically change this thing. They change it from a weekend experience to a one-day event in the park in Tomorrowland, and they charge $27 admission to it. Yeah. And that, that $27 gets you admission into the Magic Kingdom wow. as well. Wow, they throw Magic Kingdom in. Yeah, so you are, I mean, that that's your ticket and your ticket in. And uh, and they, they end up having Leonard Nimoy, uh, who is, of course, Mr. Spock from Star Trek. They have Jimmy Duhon, who is Scotty from Star Trek. Um, these and, people are in uh, Tomorrowland? They're in Tomorrowland. They're doing their appearances. They're okay. like, you know, they're, they're giving their, their speeches. They're doing Does a presentation. Does this thing have a name? Or, have you told me what the name of this thing is, this retooling? Con- Contact 96. Oh, really? Uh, oh, yeah. They don't change the name. It's Contact 96. Just not at a Except, hotel or something anymore. Hey, now, now now, it's just in the park. Remember when you paid $596 for a weekend <laughs> sci-fi adventure? I mean, Close. yeah, it's going to be sort of like that. Yeah, it's now $27 it's just, and it comes with a Slurpee. Uh, Star Trek people show up. They have Lost in Space people show up. Nice. And, uh, and, and then other science fiction authors show up and they do presentations. People love sci-fi authors. 
Oh, who doesn't love sci-fi authors? I, I, I love sci-fi authors. I'm not joking. Like, and I know a fair number of them. Wouldn't be able to tell you what any of them look like. Nor do I. If need you to- pay twenty-seven dollars to get into Disneyland, or excuse me, Disney World, the Magic Kingdom, uh, would you go see a sci-fi author? Yeah, they're like, uh, oh, Isaac Asimov's over there. I'd be like, oh, is he? I like his oh, that's books. Neat. <laughs> that's neat. Cool. Isaac Asimov's here. Is he here riding rides or is he working? Like, what no, is- he's just. Uh, I mean, you you can get an autograph. Do you want huh. an uh, Isaac no. Asimov autograph? No, I've, I've read thousands of words that he's written. I'm good. I feel fine. Do you want to do you want to meet him? He's uh, right here. Not really. I've literally I mean, read hours. There's, and no, hours line. Of stuff. there's, <laughs> there's, there's no, no line. You does, can meet him. I think Are I'm you sure. No, I think I'm going to go on Star Tours. How about if he writes Star Tours with you? That would be fine. I would like he, him to sit I, behind me though. Uh, total number of appearances. Uh, total number of attendees at Contact ninety six two hundred and fifty. That's, 250 attendees. That's how many they, they were able to sell at $27 a pop? At $27 a pop. Yeah. Man. I guess it, well, they sold they sold 230 of them at $27 a pop. They sold 20 of them at $596 a pop. They are not having a good start. Uh, Disney is not having a good start in the sci-fi convention space. No. No, they are not. And so this is a total failure and, uh, and and for an event that was supposed to be replicated year to year. So I know Star Tours 87 in Disneyland. I don't know when Star Tours came over to your side of the thing. I imagine it wasn't too far off. But wh- they have Star Trek people in the premises of Star Tours. That's not weird at all. Here's the weirdest thing. Okay. There are no Star Wars celebrities that appear at Contact 96, yeah. despite the fact that it's been advertised. Yeah, right? Like you and- go up to Leonard Nimoy and you're like, I remember you being like uh, shorter and with blonde hair and like a lightsabery thing. You're taller. Where's your laser sword? Yeah, where's your laser sword? And he's like, no, I was in Star Trek. And people are like, huh. That's and then he's weird. like, and it's a lightsaber. Can yeah. you please just call Can it Can you by call it the right name? thing? Phaser and lightsaber, depending on your series. But but that should that should raise a question in your mind and in the mind of the listeners. Wait a second. They, they promise Star Wars celebrities and there are no Star Wars celebrities yeah. here. Now, I think that there is a conspiracy theory here. Ooh. I think I, I believe that there is a conspiracy here that we are going to unearth on this podcast uh, right here, right now. We've done amazing I think, things I, on this podcast. You've got the Goofy soundtrack single-handedly uh, restored on Spotify. That's right. That took you that's like right. three weeks, so let's three do weeks. this. And we got Angela Lansbury as a regular, regular listener. Yeah. So I'm ready more. for my hat trick? All right, let's do it. <laughs> Tell me this conspiracy here's my, theory. Here's my conspiracy theory. I think Disney knew, based on the reception that they were getting, that this Contact 96 was going to be a total failure. I think like they got the writing on the wall right away. 20 packages. This thing is not going to go anywhere. And I think that they also had information that made them want the event to be a failure. Interesting. And I think they wanted it to be a failure so that they could focus on something else that they knew was going to be a lot more successful, but they had to hold out for a little bit more time. So they lifeboated their Star Wars celebrities, put them in quarantine, and then uh, they they allowed some Star Trek people to show up, knew it was going to be a failure, and then they go and be like, dude, next year we ha- it has to be all Star Wars. The Star Trek stuff does not sell through. Lost in space, people are like, lost in what? You are using your brain bucket, Oh, good. I think they let contact. Can we call that? I'm using tank. my Lansbury. Oh, your Lansbury. <laughs> yeah, I'm using I'm my sorry. Lansbury. She that, was like was a, a, that was a murder. She wrote. Uh, yeah, yeah. She was a solid. Well, oh, yeah. at least yeah. one of our listeners is like, finally, they're talking about good content. Murder. She wrote. I don't know why this podcast talks so much about Disneyland and Star Wars. What would our murder? She wrote podcast be called? It's called uh, pens and and the penal system. <laughs> no, nope. no, nope. it's not. Nope. <laughs> it's called never. Uh, it's called uh, Magnolias and murder. It's called. Lansbury and 
larceny. Yeah. Okay. But mostly people are getting killed in that show. Murder She Podcast. <laughs> That's nope. pretty good though. We almost yeah, we like, almost have to we almost have to start that now. Yeah. Murder She Podcast. A- Angela hiss up and uh, and we'll 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 work you in as a uh, as a guest host. Anyways, uh, back to the Contact ninety six. So I think they let Contact ninety six tank, and um and they o- and they they require the celebrities who are not Star Wars celebrities to appear at Contact ninety six, and I think they modify the appearance agreements for the Star Wars celebrities for another event. And if you want to know what that event is, you'll have to listen next week. Wow, too. You just cliffhangered me. You like that? Yeah, you like that. There is. We are only. I know what the name of the event begun. is, and I still want to know. I know. So you have to tune in next week uh, for part two of Disney's uh, Star Wars presence in Disney parks. Tune in 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 three in three weeks for. Oh, that's right. Because next week we're going to be doing Artemis Fowl. Artemis Fowl, and then part okay. two, where where things really start to take off, where things really what? start to launch. Uh, part one was a lot of fun to talk about uh, to, uh, going up to Contact 96. Part two is even more fun to talk about because we talk about from 1997 up to the modern age. And, Where uh, things and so like to, take off. Like, li- yeah, just t- and become huge and global. And it's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of controversy too. And I can't wait to talk about it. So if we're not talking about it next week because we decided to talk about Artemis Fall, then we'll be talking about it the following week. So definitely tune in for part two of Star Wars Presence in Disney Parks. Fantastic. Hey, thanks everybody for listening. <laughs> we, just chill we, up here in Oregon, man. You're so laid back. It's still you're light so out. Back. It's 1030. It's still light out. It feels like it's four in the morning up here. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to Bob's Us and Banthas. We love making this show. We hope you've enjoyed listening to it. We release every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If we are not where we should be, let us know and we'll be there. Uh, please be sure to subscribe, and we'd love it if you left us a review on iTunes. We'd like to know what you think of the show, and it really helps other people find out about the show. We want to take a moment to thank one of our listeners, Ray Zuzu, uh, for leaving us a review over on iTunes. He says, love the show. The guys have great chemistry, very easy to listen to, interesting, even if you aren't a Disney super fan. I feel like huh. that's a good ringing endorsement. I feel like it means we're even. it's even more interesting if you are a Disney super fan. Yeah, kind of intimates that you have to be a Disney fan because of the super fan qualifier, but uh, I, would appear to, I would have appreciated if it was just if you're not even a Disneyland liker at all, but... I'll take it. I mean, I, I, I would assume, I, I know that we have had some feedback from people who say, I'm not a big Disney fan, and I still enjoy listening to the show. Yeah. I learn a lot about it. Le- learn a lot about it. Fantastic. Uh, you can visit us over at uh, bobsledsandbanthas.com. You can email us at info at bobsledsandbanthas.com and follow with us on Instagram at bobsledsandbanthas. We have a lot of fun over there. Yeah, if you, want to see with these, uh, if you want to see what this Masters of the Universe, a Golden Book video storybooks brought to life, He-Man cover looks like. What's the name of He-Man's tiger that he rides with the red armor? Battle Cat? <laughs> yeah, Battle Cat. If you want to see... Battle Cat. I'm sorry you I remember, even asked that question. Do you remember what his alter was, ego's... Do you remember what his alter ego's name is? Uh, Battle Cat's? Uh, yeah. Puffin Puddin'. Puffin Crime. Nope. It was, nope, uh, his correct. name was uh, Feline Friendly. Nope. Try again. Uh, his name was uh, Stripey Bat. Stripey oh, Pajamas. Man, you're killing me. I don't know it's what like, it was. It, it's like you didn't grow up in the 80s. You know what? I'll tell you. Sometimes you I, say I, things. Don't, don't I think, say that. You're going to hurt my feelings. But I was not a fan of He-Man and G.I. Joe. Those were the two properties I didn't get down on. I'm sorry. You were a boy in the 80s. How could you not be a fan of He-Man or G.I. Joe? The Skeletor is scary. 
What did you play with as a kid? Star Wars Other than toys. Star Wars Kenner, figures. Kenner, Star Wars. And I built a that lot of thi- I built a lot of things that you could you put had marbles. Brand loyalty. Yeah. I was a fan of Kenner and that was it. And I and I played with Legos. I played with a ton okay. of Legos. I'm going to say okay. that's all that's all I did. I built a lot of marble roller coasters and played a lot of Legos and hey, a lot of Kenner. That is a legitimate boyhood as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, but I'd go to a guy's See, house that had like G.I. Joe and I'd be like, Do we have to? And I'm like, yeah, you be Cobra uh, and I just kill you. And I'm like, do we do we gotta? Oh man. Yeah. We got to talk about G.I. Joe sometime. Okay. I won't have much to say other than like, why do they got rubber bands in their waists? It's so that they can pivot. <laughs> you had a real answer. You had Show a me real a Star answer. Wars figure. Yeah. Show me a Star Wars figure that can pivot at the waist. They can't. You don't have one. That's true. Yep. It's- I'm not, listen, again, I'm not bagging on Star Wars figures. I love them. They are a foundation of my childhood. Right. But as far as articulated yeah. action figures Posing go, them was difficult. They, very difficult. Everything was a chop or a kick. Yes, exactly, exactly. Or some sort of weird, awkward box run. You should, you should I'm, follow I'm, us. I'm, I'm putting my arms in awkward angles yes. uh, at opposite, uh, opposing opposing angles. You should follow us on Instagram, at Bob Sleds and Bantha, so you can see uh, what this VHS tape that is in the cabin I am staying at. It's it's amazing. I'm going to put it it's on It's a there. requirement. You, you have to post those things. Hey, uh, thanks so much for joining us. Until next week, uh, he's been Aaron up in Bend, Oregon. I've been Scott back here in Northern California, and uh, we've still been Bob Sleds and Bantha. We'll see you next week. Walt Disney's Magic Kingdom Disneyland is growing every day. This Saturday night. Now there are more new rides for more fun. In electro-synthomagnetic musical sound. Through the magic of light and sound. Yes, there's more fun at Disneyland in Anaheim. Open every day, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Waste time with your friends when your chores are done.